Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome. Welcome to Warriors Wrap-Up. And Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95-7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he flies it for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Covey. Curry dribbled it off his foot, picked it up. Now turns and shoots it and hits it! How does he get the defenders to stand still and watch him shoot? There were like three guys around him, and they all looked at him. (laughs) They don't think he's going to shoot it. And Curry, now with another milestone, 2,801 three-points made in his career at 300 for the season. 300 for the season, and man, it looked like the Warriors were going to get over the hump tonight and finally close out one of these games where they have an opportunity to truly separate uh, not only from the Pelicans but from 500 and maybe set themselves up uh, to make a run at at a higher finish here as far as the play-in tournament goes. But uh, all for naught, Stephen Curry finishes 1 for 12 from the field. Uh, and the Warriors run out of gas down the stretch. They led 90-81 to with 8.29 to go, their largest lead of the game. But the Pelicans, as we've seen so many times this year, Covey, uh, Pelicans, whoever, uh, Warriors get outscored 27-13 from that point on, and uh, they take another one on the chin when they had an opportunity to, to maybe do something special. So back to 500. We've seen this game before probably, I don't know, eight to ten times this season. Man, J.D., late game execution, and it's so frustrating. I don't like watching the same movie over and over, J.D., unless it's like Empire Strikes Back or Pulp Fiction, something that I just love. I've seen this movie a lot of times. It's a sad movie, J.D., and as a matter of fact, I typically leave the theater in a bad mood, and I'm in a bad mood tonight because, you know, look, I I know the Warriors uh, collectively, they're gassed and they're stretched thin, but, man, like they had the Pelicans as good as beaten and just give me two minutes of clutch execution down the stretch. Love that Draymond made that layup and he was flexing. Dog, make your free throw. And then they had the chance to get the rebound off that miss. Didn't get that. And then, obviously, Michael Mulder, man, wrap that thing up like it's your firstborn child. Uh, wasn't able to do that. So Pelicans played more desperate down the stretch. And uh, hence the Warriors back to 500. Yay. 
888-957-9570. That's the phone number to participate in the program. Shoot us a text. Give us a call. We're here for the next hour, but really for the next two hours on 95.7 The Game because we got the final word from 9 to 10. So uh, feel free to react to this one. Uh, frustrating, clearly a, a tired team down the stretch of this one. I think, you know, Stephen Curry showing signs of fatigue even in the third quarter when Steve Kerr subbed him out before the end of the third quarter. Also think Steve Kerr was trying to to save Steph, uh, you know, get him a little rest to maybe bring him back in early, which he did with over nine minutes to go. Curry was cooking uh, in, in this basketball game, uh, and but one of 12 to close it. And you mentioned a number of, of different plays. Michael Mulder too loose with that rebound uh, when it was a two-point game. You mentioned Draymond Green missing the free throw. I mean, it looked like the Warriors, after Draymond hit the three to, to tie the game, uh, and then Kent Bazemore hit a three to put the Dubs up three, and then Draymond Green was able to come up with an unbelievable steal, excellent defense uh, against Zion Williamson. It looked like the Warriors, even at that point, were going to do just enough, but Lonzo Ball had answers, Eric Bledsoe had answers, too many turnovers tonight, uh, and just just too many negative plays in, in critical moments. Yeah, and when you look at like the tail of the tape, J.D., and you do the forensic analysis, uh, it was just too many of the little things in this basketball game that the Warriors didn't do enough of down the stretch. And you mentioned Steph going cold uh, in the back half of this game. Um, but, you know, you look at the offensive rebounds, you look at the turnovers, uh, you look at the assists in this game. Warriors only had 22 assists in this game. And, you know, it, it just it was a lot of settling for threes. It was a lot of ill-timed shots. And, and I think it was just some fatigue. And, and uh, it was a lot of settling um, for what I thought were, you know, where, where they could have got better looks. Uh, they got killed on the offensive glass again, 14 to 8. And the other thing, huge part of this game, J.D., and I, I mentioned this last night, even in the win, I was a little concerned, the discrepancy in free throws and the high propensity to foul by the Golden State Warriors. I mean, you look at the end of the game tonight, Warriors went 5 of 7 from the line. Pelicans went 18 of 22. I mean, that is a massive difference in the game. So when you start to look at, you know, the little margins of where this game was won and lost, rebounding, free throws, turnovers, all things that will draw the ire of Steve Kerr. Yeah, and those were uh, season lows from the free throw line, both in terms of attempts and makes on the 5 of 7 for the Warriors. Pelicans uh, wind up 18 for 22, and that winds up being a, a major difference in this one as the Pelicans come back. They outscore the Warriors 33-24 in the fourth quarter, but uh, more to the point, 27-13 to 13, uh, over the course uh, of the last 8-29. Juan Toscano-Anderson hit the big three, Warriors had their largest lead. You're thinking, all right, they've got this one in the bank. But uh, so many times this season, uh, the Warriors have been unable to finish a game. And tonight, another example. 888-957-9570. Uh, let's get to the phone lines. Uh, let's start with Dave in Alameda. Dave, you're up first here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Dave. Hey, great, great show. You know, when you compare the Warriors to the Empire Strikes, Strikes Back, I totally agree. The movie starts off great. And then just kind of flutters out of control and then has a nice little part at the end that makes you say, oh, that was pretty cool. But in reality, the whole movie as a whole was a letdown. And all it kind of did is lead you into Ewoks later on. And that's what I see with Draymond <laughs> Green flexing with, you know, against the Pelicans. Flexing against the Pelicans. And that's our leader. 
You know, where are we going? He's the captain of our ship. He's the emotional leader. Are, are the brains of, I mean, I know he's a smart guy, but I mean, some of the stuff he does with his pictures and his flexing, and this is not a leader. This is kind of somebody who, who is, is way out there and needs to either be reined back in or gone, dude, because he's setting a bad example for these young kids. And one of these young kids aren't any good. No wonder they don't get developed. I mean, All right, thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for the call. We're going to move on. I mean, look, Draymond Green has the respect of everybody inside that Warriors locker room. I mean, Draymond Green last night goes for a triple-double. He's you know excellent defensively against a dude that nobody in the league can guard. Uh, I, I mean, look, he Draymond brought it tonight. I, I mean, flat yeah. out. Too many turnovers, but he, he brought the right intensity. Too many turnovers. Yes, missed free throw. Like, it's just, you know, bigger picture for me, and I'll I'll let you respond to this because I think this is kind of where I want to take. This year, okay, yeah, they're 33 and 33. We've seen this time and time again. Like, how do you avoid this from becoming an issue next year? It's not Steph Curry or Draymond Green or even Andrew Wiggins, who, again, was able to make some big plays down in the fourth quarter early uh, before Steph came back into the game that looked like it was going to help the Warriors to a victory. they got to get better players on this roster. they got to get more depth. Like, if you want to win these games, they're not good enough to win these games. Like, that's the rat on the table for this team this season. We can talk about execution. We can talk about uh, fatigue. We can talk about coaching. We can talk about all of it. The reality is this team isn't talented enough right now to finish these games. They are akin to a lot of other 500 teams that just – Sometimes they come up with a great win, but often they come up with some difficult losses. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right, J.D., and, and, you know, that's where the James Weissman, Kelly Oubre, you know, the, missing those players, and I'll throw Clay Thompson in there too because that certainly is applicable to next year, just being deeper and having more scoring options. I mean, really, you felt like if there was just one more guy, J.D., and how many times have we felt that way this year? You get the big night from Curry, but then he goes cold. Look, he's a jump shooter. Even Steph Curry goes cold occasionally, and we saw that in the fourth quarter of this game tonight. Andrew Wiggins did his part and, and certainly scored plenty but there wasn't that that third guy right and really the Warriors you know throughout this this run you know when they went to five finals and won three titles I mean for a few of those years it was you know three of the best players in basketball Clay, Steph and KD but even before Durant got there you know you had Barnes you had Iguodala like somebody would step up and and do enough Livingston even a guy like Mo Spates could give you double figures like this team is just a little light on talent and you culminate that with the fact that you know they're, they're certainly fatigued as well it's understandable but it's frustrating because because we're talking about in these crunch time, you know, moments of these games, and we've seen this 10, 11 times this year, it's one or two plays that's been the difference between winning and losing. And I'll say this, J.D., early in the year, late game execution was actually to their benefit at Chicago, home to the Clippers, home to Toronto, at the Lakers. Those were all in the first 13 games of the year, all games they executed well down the stretch. Since the second half of the season, and really since like the, the 30th game of the season, I count 10 games between games 30 and 66 where the Warriors just didn't do enough down the stretch and they ended up losing a game that they had every opportunity to win. 888-957-9570. Let's get to Albert and Alameda. Albert, you're up next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Albert. Yes, hi. Thank you uh, for taking my call. Yes, um, hello? Yeah, yeah we're here. Uh, yes, hi. I wasn't sure if uh, you were me. Yes, you know, uh, on this game, you know what I take on this is the big difference from the first game and tonight is is ball, okay? We didn't play D on this guy here, okay? He was like, what, 2 or 3, 4, 17 the first game? 
and tonight, he, I mean, he was just shooting. He was, he, he had, he had, he had the whole park for himself. Okay, that's one thing. And and another thing is, God, the first quarter, how many turnovers we got? Mr. Green, he's great and everything. We got to cut that turnover. And Curry, as much as he's a good uh, shooter, key point. We had a two timeout. Oh, when we come back from the two timeout, you know what happened to those two? Turnovers. Oh my God, that that's a killer <laughs> right there. And yeah. and we have Wiggins who's doing his best he could do. And like you say, he needs a, a, a lot of third person who could do that. He's scoring a lot of ten points, and we didn't have it. It's bottom line is we didn't play D on ball and turnovers that killed us. We could have won this game. We could have had a, one game over five hundred. Okay, thank you for taking my call. Thanks, Albert. Appreciate it. Let's keep it moving. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Drew in Oakland is up next. Hey, Drew, you're on Warriors wrap up. Hey, good evening, fellas. Hey, uh, JD, you're absolutely right, man. I've been saying this the whole time. We don't have the talent this year. We don't have. It's no one's fault. All these callers calling in, picking apart this and that. You just don't have the horses to finish the race. How many games have we've had a lead at the end? And down the stretch, we give it up. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's maybe if Ubre and, and Lee played, it's an eight-point difference maybe, and we, we pull it out. But we don't have the talent. We don't have enough players. And this, this season is, is what it is. We're a 500 team, and it's no one's fault. We're just not there. Yep, thanks for the call. I mean, look, I, I to me that's what it boils down to. And 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 you know, I can run through and I can find games where the Warriors have closed out games, you know, and and won down the stretch. Maybe there's more that they haven't in the second half, but the reality is the the better teams, the teams with talent are able to do it. And and maybe in the second half it's been kind of an evening of of, you know, a better ability to do it in the first half. Now look, Clay Thompson's yeah. going to help some of that. Next year, sure thing. To me, what they need is one more playmaker. They need one more playmaker. They and Clay, I, Clay, Clay is price of admission for this conversation as we move to next year. But it's Steph, it's Draymond, it's Clay's back, it's Wiggins, uh, and then you know because Wiggins is going to be out there because they need him to play defense, and, and he's just he's just one of their best players. And you need one more guy that can make a play, that can that can take or make a big shot for you. It doesn't have to be. Uh, you know, a, a Kevin Durant, you know, kind of all-time scorer or even a scorer in general, but it's got to be a high IQ type of a basketball player that can help just they just help take some of the heat off uh, in, in some of the critical moments and calm things down to make heady basketball plays. Yeah, and exactly. That's it right there. Be under control and, and be totally comfortable in the moment. I think things get a little frantic. Uh, it's it's like Tommy Boy, you know, trying to get a sale, right? And, and you know, he's got it in his hands, and he just it's about to happen. And then oh, all of a sudden the car's on fire and everything's going away. Like uh, the, the Warriors kind of get like that. And I think after a while it, it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Great teams down the stretch, they know they're going to find a way to win. Right now I feel like the Warriors – are like, uh-oh, here we go again. They, they're going to find a way to lose. And it's a it's a mental thing. It's a, a talent thing. It's an execution thing. Um, and and it's, a, it's a lot of different things that add up to the Warriors just not doing enough down the stretch. And, I mean, you know, you look at you know, really since, uh, since the second half and, you know, the, the Atlanta game, Washington, Boston, Washington again, New Orleans in the first half, Charlotte, Orlando, Dallas, San Antonio. And outside of that Washington game, you know what all these other games have in common, J.D.? They're on the road. And good teams 
win on the road in the NBA. Even even at a, a 500 clip would suffice if you're a quality home team. But the Warriors, you know, they, they would have a really nice road record this year, even if they had half of those games. So I think you're right. Uh, they, they need to address this in the offseason. But, again, I, I know it's frustrating to watch, but it's not something for me, and I'm glad that, that Drew brought it up. It's not something for me that it's like it's about placing blame. It's just about knowing where you got to get better next year. 888-957-9570, Warriors wrap up on 95.7 the game. Pelicans beat the Warriors 108-103. They outscore the Dubs 27-13 in the final 829. So the Warriors back to 500. They're still tied with the Grizzlies for the eighth seed in the Western Conference uh, in the play-in tournament. So the Warriors at 33 up and 33 down. The Grizzlies at 32 and 32 uh, a game up on San Antonio, who currently is in 10th. Pelicans get to within three of the Warriors. They get to within uh, two uh, of uh, San Antonio as well. Uh, so you look at, at what's going on there. The Pelicans kind of keep their season alive, although they're they're probably going to have to be more focused on the Spurs th than the Warriors at this point. Uh, and uh, you look at some of the other games. Mavs won tonight. Uh, the Suns won tonight in Cleveland. Just other games in the Western Conference here. I, I want to run through a little bit uh, of, of just kind of the schedule because I think I'm going to push back a little bit, but I think it's a good conversation to have. Uh, because you mentioned, and, and you're right on a lot of these games, going back to about that 30-game mark. And you mentioned Orlando and Charlotte. And the interesting thing is for Orlando and Charlotte, where they didn't execute, I could tell you they did execute in New York and Indiana and won close games down the stretch on that same trip to even that yep. trip. So there, there's 500 at Portland. I think that's a game they had uh, in the bag and 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 definitely you know probably uh, you know should have won that game. I think uh, you know the the second game in Memphis they didn't have Steph. I, I'd probably throw that game out of there. You know any of these games without Steph, Philly sack the first Atlanta game. Those all get thrown out. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking at, at you know Milwaukee is one where I think they get credit for, for coming back and, and executing down the stretch. Uh, even that first, even that second Atlanta game, like I don't even think they played well in that game. Like, yeah, they had opportunities to win it, but I like tonight I thought they played well enough to win. Like, I, I we could we can quibble about that one, but like the Atlanta game, I'd probably throw out. Um, you know, I I just I think it's a little bit more even than maybe it seems. And, and and because I think what happens when teams win games, you kind of you kind of <laughs> put it aside and say, "Oh, well, that's a win. This team should be winning that game." You kind of take the price of admission view of it. But when you lose them, you go, "Oh, that's horrible. This can't happen. This team's better than that." The reality is, this team's really not better than that. They're a 500 team. They've basically been a 500 team all year. They're a little bit better than that when Curry doesn't play, but hey, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Since and, and I agree with you, what you're saying. And, and when I went through after the game tonight, I, I kind of went through and did, you know, the, the analysis of, OK, which one of these games fall into those parameters of what I would consider late game execution decided it one way or another. And certainly the Chicago game, the third game of the year, that Clippers game uh, that, that they came back and won, the Toronto game where D. Lee hits the free throws, the Lakers game on MLK Day, all in the first, uh, you know, 13 games of the year. I gave them. The home to Miami game that they won in overtime, that was a great win. That was the 29th game. At Indiana, that was the 33rd game of the year. And really since then, late game execution, home to Milwaukee, that was win 50, uh, game 51. And I even gave them the sack game because they won it, uh, you know, last Sunday. But let's face it, they, <laughs> they didn't really execute very well down the stretch. Yeah, I, they just I, happened I, yeah, to sneak that one, one out. Yeah, yeah well, you I know what I'm saying? So, but, that one. <laughs> 
But it was a tight game, is, is my point. Yeah. So it was a tight game that they came out on the right side of. So even that one fell in there. So really, if we're taking the sack game out, since the 33rd game of the year, really one time against Milwaukee, they've been in a tight basketball game that they found a way to win down the stretch. The other side of it is, you know, really since the break, it's, you know, Washington for sure, Boston, Washington again, and New Orleans tonight. And then we mentioned the ones in the first half. I'll give you Atlanta because you're right. They didn't play great in that game. But that game at Portland before the break, like they they had that game in the bag and they they just tricked that thing away the the Orlando and Charlotte game back to back you know regardless if they executed in Indiana and New York down the stretch it, they don't get extra credit for uh you know for for executing one no. like you could have been greedy you should have got you it, right but my you point is a couple days later yeah my point Fair is enough, they split but the four, I would argue and that's the what New they York are game, I would argue the New York game though that they won that game like that 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 was they they played a good basketball game for for you know the majority of that game I would argue and it was close I guess I'm that's on the fence for me so as far as giving them credit for handling it you know down to the wire but either way they they've been a lot of games this year that they had the opportunity to win and your points well taken but I think a lot of those games were more in the first half and then in the second half it's been water finding its level and and you would hope that a team would get better in late game execution situations. That's the other troubling aspect. It's it's almost like this team has regressed. Yeah, I, and I think some of that has been the different lineups and guys in and out and, and no short rotations. And I mean, I, I think there are a lot of explanations for it that at times can come off as excuses. And look, tonight specifically, I mean, eight guys end of a four game road trip. Yeah. I mean, Steph was clearly gassed in the third quarter when, when like, I think it was more about Curry was gassed and him getting him a little bit of a break than planning to bring him back in early uh, like he did with over nine minutes to go. I, I think there was a little something there. And, you know, you look at, well, why does Steve Kerr make a point to make sure that he keeps Stephen Curry's minutes on, you know, in check over the course of a long season? Because he feels that that's the best course of action to maybe avoid uh, uh, one for 12s you know, down, down the stretch in, in some of these uh, bigger games. So uh, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. L let's hear a little bit from Steve Kerr uh, on this one. I mean, he states uh, the obvious point here, but uh, he says uh, team was just tired at the end. Yeah, I thought we were tired for sure. I thought both teams were tired, you know, back to back, obviously. And I, I'm really proud of the guys. I mean, they they battled the entire way, and uh, clearly we were tired in the fourth. And uh, you know, give give New Orleans credit; they they made the plays that they had to to win. There you go, tired. Give New Orleans the credit. I mean that that doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel good enough for me. I'll be honest. Like as much <laughs> as we just said it, like that's just I don't know. It's just it's a little. That's a little too ho hum for me. Yeah, make make your free throw, right? Actually get to the line. And the other thing, too, when you actually get to the line and you force the issue is you can give your team a collective breather. When when all you're doing is going up and down the floor and missing shots, it can be very deflating. Like, sometimes some stops and starts might be a good thing. Guys a little tired. Hey, nothing like, you know, a couple of free throws for everybody to catch their collective breath. So, um, you know, a lot of the stuff they bring on themselves. Uh, and, you know, I think Kerr is mindful of the, the slog and, you know, how much these guys have had to, to gut it out being shorthanded lately so he doesn't want to crush him but I mean it's got to be getting to him on some level I mean 
come on. Like, there's uh, even if they won, like, a couple of these guys, like two or three of them, like they'd be in such a different uh, situation right now. They would be pushing Portland for that seven spot. Instead, they got Memphis breathing down their neck. So, you know, even a couple of these games going the other way, like they, they had the chance to get greedy tonight. They got tired. Okay, fine. Regardless of however we got here, they missed a golden opportunity. All right, so Steve Kerr was asked after the ball game as the Warriors again play eight tonight. Mulder, JTA, Jordan Poole. Uh, play in this ball game tonight with the starters of Curry, Bazemore, Draymond, Wiggins, and Looney. Uh, Steve Kerr was asked if it's sustainable to keep playing eight. Well, it doesn't matter if it is or not. It's uh, you, all you can do is play, you know, with the guys who are here. As I said, I'm I'm really really proud of the group. I mean, you got guys uh, just putting everything out there on the line night after night. Being so shorthanded, it does put a lot of pressure, you know, on on those guys. But it's the way it is. So uh, they've just got to keep going. And I know there was some conversation uh, in the post game uh, regarding, uh, you know, the Warriors maybe looking to add some bodies. I know they are going to get Damian Lee back at some point and Eric Pascal. But as far as uh, you know, I'm with Steve Kerr tonight. As far as I mean, he didn't have a choice but to play eight. You're going to play Nico Mannion. You're going to play Alan Smilagic. You know, in 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 the no. game that that you would deem is the biggest of the season. The, yeah, the answer to that is is a, 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 just an abrupt no. So he had eight guys. He played eight guys. Dare I say, resounding no, John Dickinson. Uh, and and look. And we could we know about the situation, how they got here. I mean, and help me understand, because I know they've got a couple roster spots available, and I get it. Like, uh, you know, elite wing play isn't available in the free agent market right now. I understand that, but I mean, what what are their options? It, it, it's really just about luxury tax implications, right? That that's it, absolutely. And do they want to bring somebody back and sign them to a prorated minimum for the for the remainder of the season and pay the luxury tax? Uh, on that player, I, I think what what's more likely, and and I we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think what ultimately, if the war, if Kelly Oubre Jr. is ruled out for the season, I think the Warriors at that point would look to sign somebody. I think if Kelly sure. Oubre Jr. is going to come back and 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 be able to play through uh, his issue, then I think with Oubre back in some form and Damian Lee back and maybe Pascal to spell a few minutes here or there. I mean, it's not like Pascal yeah, be, be good. playing a lot. But at that point, I think they wouldn't look to bring anybody in uh, that, that isn't currently on the roster. But if you lose Ubre, I think you could make a case to get to get another body somewhere. Yeah, I think that, that that's fair. And, you know, the problem is they're back to the wall now. I mean, you know, Wiggins was questionable yesterday, gutting it out. Draymond Green with the uh, with the hip injury, you know, getting need yesterday. He's gutting it out. So you're you're putting extra onus on these guys right now to play through the injuries that they're dealing with. And. You know, look, we all want this team to make the playoffs, and, and I think it'll be huge for this franchise. I've maintained that all year. But this is also a team that we know has no chance of winning a title, and you do need to be mindful of, you know, how much are we, you know, grinding these guys into a fine pace down the stretch here because we're so shorthanded. Like, it would at some point it would seem it would behoove this team to just bring in some reinforcements, even if it meant playing, you know, Nico Mannion for a stretch. I know it would be – unpopular and it would probably not go well but it's it's a tough spot because you're just asking so much of Steph and Draymond and Andrew Wiggins and at, at, to what end is my point because we know this team isn't going to win a title so it's it's a tough balancing act is my point I understand why they're doing it but it, it's frustrating because you know a lot of this stuff a lot of these efforts may be quote-unquote in vain in the long run anyway 
888-957-9570. The, it's Warriors wrap-up with J.D. and Covey. Uh, give us a call. Shoot us a text. Tough one for the Dubs. 108-103. Pelicans get the win. More from Steve Kerr. We'll hear from Stephen Curry as well between now and 9 o'clock. And we're keeping it rolling all the way until 10 o'clock tonight here at 95.7 The Game. Final word, we'll flip it over at 9. Uh, we can continue the Warriors conversation as long as you want to have it at 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap-up rolls on right here on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Draymond stops at midcourt. They need a hoop. Finds Curry. Curry back to Draymond. Draymond over to Wiggins. Wiggins drives on Williamson. Back to Draymond. He's open for a three look. And got it! Clutch three by Draymond Green. He hit a big shot last night. Another big one here. That's the biggest one of the game so far for the Warriors. Only right his there. second field goal that I makes it 95-92. 
Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. All right, Warriors lose to the Pelicans, 108-103. to Draymond Green with that three there uh, as uh, Tim Roy and Jim Barnett on the call. Uh, Lonzo Ball, a lot of answers tonight, including one following that Draymond three. Lonzo Ball finishes with 33 points. He knocked down seven of 13 from three-point range. And, uh, yeah, major difference from last night. Uh, Lonzo Ball tonight, uh, 7 of 13. Last night, 1 of 9 from 3. Tonight, 11 of 23 overall. Last night, 3 for 18. A major difference uh, in this one as the uh, Pelicans get the victory over the Warriors. 8 at 8, 9, 5, 7, 9, 5, 7, 0. Triple 8, 9, 5, 7, 9, 5, 7, 0. Uh, Warriors now back home for the final six uh, of the regular season. couple of games against Oklahoma City. So they'll have a, a shot to, to get a quick day of rest and then a couple of, of winnable games, price of admission games against OKC before the, the top of the Western Conference comes in uh, early next week. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the, the road certainly has not been the Warriors' friend for a lot of this season. The tail end of back-to-backs, they're now 5-9 and nine in the back end of a back-to-back, and we had a texter that was wondering about that. Um, but Chase Center has been a good place for the Dubs this year. They've gotten a, a, of some quality wins. I mean, they finished the year now 14-22 and 22 on the road, uh, so hopefully they can make some hay here at home down the stretch. I would say, you know, four of these last six certainly fall in the, okay, you should win those basketball games. <laughs> I get the feeling they're going to go three and three and just finish at 500 because that seems to be what they're predestined to do, but hopefully they can do a little better because the next two, you talk about mandatory that a win kicks it. Uh, it's mandatory they beat the Thunder these next two games, a team actively tanking for next season. Yeah, you, you, to me, it's I, I look at it pretty simply. You got to go four and two. You got to beat OKC twice. You got to beat the Pelicans. You got to beat the Grizzlies. And then you take your chances with the Utah and the Phoenix games. And that's it, not to say the Warriors can't uh, you know, win one of those games or win both of those games. The Warriors have some quality wins at home. They're 19 and 11 at home with the, the six games remaining. So they've, they've played good basketball. They've, they've beaten uh, good teams uh, at, at Chase Center this year, including the Jazz, the Nuggets twice, the Clippers, uh, you know, Portland. Uh, they, they've been able to win inside Chase Center against good teams, in particular in the Western Conference. So, uh, but for me, four and two is what it has to be with the win, obviously, over the Grizzlies at the end. That may be enough. It may, it may not be. We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, if, if you can get to five and one, I think that is enough to get to eight. Four and two, it might be iffy, but I think if it's the right four and two with the win over the Grizzlies, that actually might be enough via tiebreaker to, to wind up getting that eight spot. Yeah, I think you're probably right on that. I mentioned on the pregame today, San Antonio's run-in is absolutely brutal. Uh, you know, and you would expect a Greg Popovich team to, you know, stop the bleeding. And, you know, we've left that team for dead before, and, and they found a way to rise up again. So, um, But I just looking at who they've got to play in the final, you know, eight games I think it is for them, that's a, that's a real gauntlet. Memphis has got a much easier ride, and, you know, it starts in Minnesota tomorrow night. And, and look, we know Minnesota – or, excuse me, Memphis has been really good on the road this year. So, um, you know, that's not a – a, a done deal that the Warriors will beat him. And I was I was dreaming big before the game, J.D., if the Warriors had won tonight. I mean, certainly they would control their own destiny. And, you know, you'd have, a, a you know, two games 
extra played over Memphis, they would both be wins. I mean, you'd really start to put some pressure on a Memphis team that, let's face it, hasn't responded well to the pressure of late. But giving, you know, giving them some life and, and you know, the Warriors losing tonight, they're idle and they pick up a half a game. Like, they got to be feeling really good about that. And they got to think, hey, look, we're going to go into Minnesota and handle our business tomorrow and put the pressure right back on Golden State. Yeah, and at Minnesota, at Detroit, they play at Toronto. So, I mean, they, they do have a favorable schedule. They play New Orleans and Dallas uh, at home. They also play Sacramento twice uh, on a back-to-back at home in Memphis before they come out, and, and it's a one-off, basically, at the end of the year uh, for the Pelicans, a one-game roadie uh, out to the West Coast to, to play that finale uh, against the Warriors, the lone appearance for the Grizzlies in San Francisco this season. So it, it is it is a favorable schedule for the Grizzlies, but it's also kind of a mixed bag. Like Toronto of late has been playing a little bit better. The Kings suddenly, even with a bunch of guys out, have won three in a row and, and beat the Lakers, you know, uh, and beat Dallas for a third time this season. So it's it, they we know they can be kind of an, an odd team. And the Grizzlies are kind of an up-and-down team. I mean, kind of like the Warriors in a way. I mean, they, they could they could lose to anybody. Uh, lost to Orlando a couple of nights ago. They, they could rise up and maybe beat uh, anybody. The one thing you don't want to see if you're the Warriors, though, is them, you know, get on a little bit of a run where it's, you know, they beat Minnesota and Detroit and Toronto. And then, and then they're splitting with New Orleans and Dallas. Beat Sacramento twice at that point. You start talking about them maybe having one loss uh, or something, you know, between now and that. Uh, in that game against the Warriors, and that could be trouble. But uh, I think if if you're anticipating the Warriors not losing any more than twice, then that means if the Pelicans lose twice, it's all going to come down to that that final game of the year. So uh, to me, if I'm the Warriors, I'm looking at it that way. You need you need two losses at some point from the Pelicans between now and that final game of the year, and you'll control your own destiny in that one. Yeah, and that's all you can hope for. And, heck, the good news is even if the Warriors are a a game back in the standings, they could flip that and then get the tiebreaker in the process, as you've laid out. So even a game back means that game against Memphis essentially becomes the first playing game and the opportunity to avoid playing in the other playing game to try and get into the actual playing game, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and yeah, could you imagine if it wound up a, a situation where – and I don't think it would, but where the Warriors play the Grizzlies like on, on that Sunday afternoon in San Francisco, and then because of the way it all shakes out, the, the Warriors then go to Memphis and play the and play the Grizzlies like on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, but only, only if San Antonio you know, balls out down the stretch, yeah. I think that's the only way that happens. Yeah, that probably that probably will not happen uh, at this point. But, uh, yeah, if the Warriors wind up getting to eighth uh, right now, it looks like Portland, but, again – uh, Portland's only a game back at Dallas, and, and the Lakers dip uh, now by virtue of a tiebreaker down to sixth. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing shakes out, uh, not only with the 8, 9, and 10, but also with the 5, 6, and 7. The 5, 6, and 7 are in their own little race. Oh, it's 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 great. I mean, I'm and I'm here for all of it. You know, you got LeBron, uh, you know, bitching and moaning about the playing tournament, and uh, you know, Dallas, who who early in the year couldn't get their footing, and then obviously they've been playing some great basketball. Portland was circling the drain, then they came out of it and and found it. So, um, you know, it's a it's a streaky time of year, and and look, this is this is it. Like we're we're in the home stretch now. We're in the final seven eight games, you know, for these teams. So, uh, it's it's is the nut cutting time, as they say, JD, and boy. 
you know, to make Warriors fans feel a little better, we laid out what Memphis has, and, and certainly, you know, four and two by the Dubs in that final homestand. As long as it, it, that four, one of those wins is over Memphis, probably should be good. The Spurs, they're they've lost four in a row. They're two games under five hundred. They go at Utah, at SAC, at Portland, home to the Bucks, at Brooklyn, at New York, home to Phoenix, home to Phoenix. Like, if if they're gonna go six and two in their last eight. Man, they, they freaking deserve the eighth seed at that point because they would have played amazing basketball down the stretch. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Well, they're run, and they're running out of gas, too. And, and you know, playing Utah again, they got beat there last night, so they're playing them again. You know, Sacramento, as we mentioned, no picnic right now. Just kind of depends on, on when you play them, even if they've got a bunch of guys out. Uh, and now Halliburton's out for the, the remainder of, of the season. Uh, that that got announced uh, about an hour yeah, or so ago, but it it doesn't really ma- it hadn't really mattered. I mean, they've been winning games too, so it's interesting. The, the door is, I think, still open for the Pelicans uh, at this point to to maybe catch San Antonio when when you look at at where things are uh, currently between those two. Just two games separating. It's three in the loss column, but with San Antonio having a very difficult schedule, uh, you know, if if the Pelicans can. Uh, down the stretch here, you look at, at the Pelicans with, what, six games to go. If the Pelicans, you know, went four and two and, and the Spurs went three and five or, or two and six, uh, you know, th- then the Pelicans maybe could could eke their way in there. Yeah, they might have saved their season with the win tonight. Probably not as it applies to the Golden State Warriors. So the good news for Warriors fans is there's going to be, in all likelihood, a play-in scenario for the Golden State Warriors. It's just going to be, what seed do they finish, and do they do they have the opportunity to lose a game and, and then still win one if they are indeed the eighth seed, or if it's just you know everything on the line in one single game for the chance to have everything on the line in one single game again? Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's hear a little bit more uh, post game sound as the Warriors lose this one to. Uh, the Pelicans, 108-103, to outscored 27-13 in the final 829. Another one added to the list of games where the Warriors just cannot close out uh, this season. Uh, let's hear uh, a little bit from Stephen Curry. Uh, and uh, Steph was asked about the uh, short rotation right now. It is what it is. It's what we have available. And, you know, you can kind of nitpick or, like, circle certain stretches of games where it seems like we're tired or, Games where small ball does play to our advantage. Look at our full body of work. It's, you know, again, it is what it is, and we have to find ways to win. So tonight was a tough one. You know, they made plays. I got I got cold in the third and fourth quarter. Got some pretty good looks, and that kind of make or miss situation just went in their, their favor tonight. So, you know, it would have been nice to, to finish off the road trip with a win, but... Uh, we got to rejuvenate and overcome that that short rotation for Thursday because it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, and Steph at one point tonight was uh, he was twelve for nineteen for thirty five points, and he finished one for twelve to wind up uh, thirteen for thirty one, eight of twenty from three point range for Stephen Curry tonight. Still finished with thirty seven points uh on this night uh but yeah he did go he did go cold down the stretch and uh i i I think fatigue was a major part of it 
Yeah, it's crazy to think that Steph Curry put up 37 tonight and had a pretty prolonged stretch where he was ice cold, but uh, that's what happened. I mean, it seemed like a done deal that Steph was going to hit 10 or more threes yet again. Seemed like 40 points was in the offing, but uh, he got cold, and that's where it's it's tough because you're just not getting enough help. Now, the help that he has been getting lately, though, J.D., is from Andrew Wiggins, and I looked uh, at, at Wiggins' uh, you know, body of work for the season. Obviously, we know he's been a, a terrific wing defender for this team in the first half of the year. He scored 20 or more points eight times. He's done it 14 times in the second half of the year, including four games in a row. So um, clearly more has been asked of Andrew Wiggins. His shot attempts uh, have gone up. I mean, he attempted 21 shots tonight, and they need it right now. Like, you start to look, do I want Andrew Wiggins slashing to the cup, or do I want Jordan Poole pulling up for three? Like, put the ball in Wiggins' hands. I'll say the same thing for Kent Bazemore. Even a guy like Mulder, who's been a pretty good shooter, like Andrew Wiggins is an accomplished scorer in the NBA. So, uh, you know, at a time like this where they're razor thin, you don't have Oubre, and Steph's not getting a lot of help, like, 2-2 Two, two is the guy I'm looking for to give him that requisite help. So um, he's been doing it the last couple of weeks and, and certainly uh, on this road trip. So we've got to give uh, two-way wigs a little bit of credit. Excellent road trip for, for Andrew Wiggins. Fourth straight 20-point game, the 26 tonight, 24-8 on the four-game road trip. Uh, multiple block shots in five straight games. Uh, he, he was terrific, and, and he was terrific these last two nights in the fourth quarter when the Warriors had to have buckets because they really didn't have anybody else on the floor that could get them a bucket with Stephen Curry and, and Draymond Green resting. And it looked like he was going to be uh, a big-time hero for a second consecutive night tonight to, as he drilled a couple of threes there at the top uh, of the fourth quarter again tonight uh, and and really put the Warriors, uh, you know, helped them build what was that nine-point lead with uh, 8.29 to go before uh, things kind of collapsed uh, on the Warriors. 14-22, and 22, they wind up on the road for the season as they split uh, this trip. And the season series, obviously, with the Warriors and the Pelicans is now 1-1 one and one with the finale a uh, week from Friday uh, inside Chase Center uh, as the Warriors come home to play these final six ball games. Yeah, and look, you, you still got a chance to win the season series with the Pelicans. It's it's crazy that you're playing a team, you know, three times in this compressed of a time frame. And, you know, as far as tonight, like, sure, you would have liked to have gotten greedy. And, and I know Steve Kerr doesn't want to come down too hard on these guys. I think the effort was there, but it's an execution thing down the stretch. Uh, you know, just don't have enough talented players on their roster. And I, I do think, J.D., and you tell me. Do you think this team, you know, really good teams, and when the Warriors were at their best, it was just a matter of flipping the switch. There was an inherent belief that they were going to find a way to win come hell or high water. I feel like that's kind of been reversed this year, and, you know, a, a team's experiences will shape how they feel in these situations. I don't think they're a confident group when the game is on the line, I, and I, I do think, you know, it's a lot of, well, if Steph hits the three, we're, we're going to win, and if he doesn't, we're not. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I just think they're they're about a 500 team, and I, I just I, I keep coming back to that. I, I feel like this is still within just the acceptable range for their overall talent. Now, you can look at, at the, the level that Steph has himself has played at and think, well, damn it, that's really frustrating because you're wasting in some way a, an extremely special season 
you know, for an, an, an all-time great. And maybe not wasting it like you're going to contend for a championship because that was never going to be on the table from the moment that Clay Thompson went down. But but wasting it in the sense that, that you don't have a record closer to maybe where the Mavs or the Blazers or, or the Lakers are right now in that, in that battle for the, for the five, six, and the seven. I, I just, I, I think, look, they've lost more games than they've won you know with poor execution than they've won with with great execution my only thing is I do still think it's closer than you think and, and you know and, and I just think it's still within the margins of the overall talent level and all of the different circumstances that this team has dealt with this season and, and that's not really an excuse it's just and, and I know fans are going crazy tonight and and fans are going to look at this season and 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 look at if they wind up 37 and 35 they're going to think it it should have been 42 and 30 or, or or 44 and 28 and and you know that's probably unrealistic but uh, you know part of being a fan is is thinking you know and I think Warriors fans at times get a little caught up in being used to seeing these teams win games like they did you know in previous years and they think well, wait a minute Steph's still around Draymond's still around it shouldn't be this bad. The reality is everybody else in that, like you go up and down the roster, the Warriors had big time players, whether it was Clay, whether it was Durant, whether it was Iguodala, whether it was Livingston, that talent matters. Like that talent, yeah. that intelligence, that's why you win those games. Yeah, and I think you, something clicked with me when you were kind of going through it there. I think it would be the difference. Let, let's say the Golden State Warriors end up, you know, what, uh, two games over 500. So that would be, what, 37 and 35. Okay, let's say that's where they end up. That is an acceptable season. Anything over 500, I think, you know, we all would look at as acceptable. 500 would be, that's where you start to get in the disappointment and sub 500 kind of falls into unacceptable. If you would have hit 40 wins, that's the difference between an acceptable season and an exceptional season when you consider, and this is, you know, if all other things were equal, still had, you know, Wiseman missing time and having the up and down season, uh, you know, still had Ubre getting hurt, you know, you still lost Marquise Chris, still without Clay the whole year. If it was everything else was the same, but you had won the Spurs game in San Antonio and you won, you know, the Charlotte game or you won one of the Washington games, just a couple of more wins would have been the difference for me from, yeah, that's acceptable and okay, fair enough to, Hey, man, that was a kick-ass season for this team, and they overachieved. No doubt. No doubt. I, I think you're right. I, I think it is a, it is a fine line. I, I just think when you look at how I, – I think the, the part that, that we probably should get into, and, and I think this is the part that is frustrating, is just it, – it's the fact it, – it's the eye test, right? It's it, – because this, this team has performed at a level record-wise in line with what I think we both expected them to be to a, to a certain extent, but I think when you look at at how it's looked, uh, I, I think you know Steph has been out of this world better than anybody could have imagined. Even if you thought Steph would be great, like even if you thought right. Steph was going to have a great season, he's been off the charts better than even you would have thought. Right? Agreed. Yeah, I'll give you that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Now let's just go through the other like Draymond. Okay, so Draymond like Draymond has had some unbelievable games, but, you know, overall, right, there's been some games where he just either hasn't had it, hasn't brought it, it it's been, you know, you, you've had to search to find it, you know, what whatever it is. Uh, you know, he, I think Draymond to the eye test, has he been about what you'd expect? 
a little bit underwhelming? Like how? Because I think there's been he's been either awesome or he's been kind of underwhelming. There haven't been a lot of just steady Draymond games this year. Yeah, he's been, I would think, a click below um, what I would have hoped from Draymond. And it's funny, you know, a lot of this for me, you know, goes back to late game execution. And honestly, I mean, Draymond at the end of the San Antonio game with the smartest dumb pass in NBA history. Uh, Obviously, the end of the Charlotte game getting run tonight, uh, you know, missing the free throw. Like, it's, it's little things. And so... That's where, for me, Draymond has left a little bit to be desired. Has he been gutting it out and playing great team basketball? And obviously, he's playing through injury. Absolutely, like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage the effort, but effort and execution are not the same thing. And and I think you know, it, had we had a few more quality Draymond moments, you know, of him making the different the 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 play down the stretch, that's the difference between winning and losing as far as it applies to winning. Um, I might feel a little bit differently about Draymond's season. Yeah, and, and Wiggins, I think, has been better than expected, right? Wiggins mm-hmm. has been better than expected. I think for the most part, the role players, it's been a mixed bag. Again, there's been – I think for the most part, the role players have been underwhelming, whether it was uh, – you know, I think Bazemore's been up and down. He's been one of their more positive players. I think the bad for Oubre on the nights where he's been bad were, were far worse than, than expected. I think that is right. the, the taste that's left in your mouth with him. Uh, even though he's helped them win a lot of games. Uh, you, you look at the the Wanamaker signing was a complete whiff. Uh, you know, Jordan Poole, you know, another night where Jordan Poole's under 50% shooting, three for nine tonight for, for Jordan Poole in 13 minutes. By the way, you, you know, it's interesting. Jordan Poole's minutes quietly have been going down, even though the Warriors have only been playing eight eight guys of late that I think that's a little bit of a tell for where he's at in, in the mind of of Steve Kerr uh, I, you know I think he had the great stretch but you know he was deemed to need to be in the G League and that's fine but it's like I don't I wouldn't really counting on Jordan Poole a lot for this year but I think the role players overall the bench guys I, I, I don't know they, they've had their moments but for the most part I would say they've been overwhelming or underwhelming. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I hear you. No, I, I would agree with that. And, you know, you culminate that with, you know, and, and that's an individual breakdown. And I think you're absolutely right. Um, what's really hurt this team, too, Marquise Chris, uh, Marquise Chris being out for the year, right? Uh, you know, Kevon Looney can only play a certain number of minutes. I know he had an injury earlier in the year, and then he was a little slow coming back. Eric Paschal has been out for weeks now. Like, they don't have any presence in the front court. So, their success is basically predicated on are they going to hit their threes on a nightly basis and are they going to protect the basketball? And so I think that's a big part of it, just a lack of front court presence. And look, Draymond, you know, packs a lot, uh, you know, from a defensive standpoint in that frame and, and he can do so much, um, but he can only do so much when you're going up against bigger guys trying to fight for rebounds down in the paint. So that's another area that's really hurt this basketball team. Collectively, there hasn't been enough team rebounding, but again, that's kind of one of those things that's on everybody. But yeah, I think I think you're spot on. Steph's the only one for me that's I guess Wiggins. I'll say Wiggins is overachieved too, based on what they thought they were going to get. That's from a defensive standpoint. But I laid it out too. I mean, from a scoring uh, aspect, Wiggins I think wasn't doing enough early in the year where he could have been assert- more assertive as a scorer. In the second half, it's been more out of necessity. Again, it's uh, overall he's been a really good player, and I think he's had a quality two way season. And I'm excited to see what it looks like with him on this team next year. And if you parse it out, I think you could. And tell me if you think this is an oversimplification. You could you could kind of parse it out as Steph has been amazing beyond belief uh, on the high end. And if you wanted to take everybody else collectively, it's been underwhelming. 
I think you're right. Absolutely. Steph Curry okay. has chucked his team on his back. Yes. So I think that's the that's the lens where I think this team comes off as a disappointment when you look at their overall record, if their overall record winds up being 37 and 35. Just the eye test point of what your expectations were coming in versus what this team ultimately believed. I just think that's where team where, where fans are seeing this and thinking, damn, this team wasn't that good. Like all these other things didn't really work, but Steph's been awesome and Steph's the reason that they're 30, you know, 33 and 33 or 37 and 35. Like I think that's kind of the lasting uh, impression. I want to get Robin in here uh, sure. before we flip uh, over to the final word. Uh, Robin, what's up? You're in uh, San Francisco. How are you, Robin? Yes, you guys. Can you hear me? Because I'm kind of in a yep. weird spot where I live. Can, okay. So, oh, you we guys, got you great. Um, what's, okay, what's disappointing for me is like when they when they are ahead and lose, but I could see them running out of gas. And so what I really called to ask is t- tonight what I saw was, um, you know, a lot of isolation. It seemed like to me that – they were disconnected. No one, no one knew where to go. No one knew where to throw the, throw the ball. I've noticed in games that they win, they all seem to play in the flow of the offense, right? And then they have times where they don't play within the flow of the offense. And so tonight was all Steph looking for Steph, and Steph would uh, dribble into double teams. And, and, and let's face it, turn the ball over. And they just seemed, um, I don't know if that's coaching. And, and, and one thing I want to point out about Wiggins is, yeah, he might have overachieved. But one thing that he doesn't do, even though Oubre isn't consistent or try to uh, that he does do, he never plays within the flow of the offense. He always tries to go ISO, and eventually, you know, it, it kind of kills us. And I just want to get you guys' thoughts on that tonight. The offense just didn't seem connected, none of them. Bye, you guys. Yeah, and thanks, Robin. I think it's a great point, and, and we can touch on this a little bit uh, on the other side as well. But I, I, Wiggins just has a weird way that he functions. Like, it, yeah. it, within the Warriors' offense, he's got to make threes. And if he makes threes – then then he fits. When he doesn't make threes, he it looks like a rough fit in the Warriors' offense, and really the only other way he can get his is in the way that he did the last couple of nights when he's the only one out there, and then he has to go get it. Final quick thought, and then we can, we can flip it over at the top of the hour. Yeah, but I, I, I agree in principle, but as the year's gone on, I feel like he's gotten more comfortable in this offense. I totally agreed with her first point, though, that it was a lot of standing around and, and just let, waiting for Steph to, to do the deal. I mean, 22 assists tonight, 18 turnovers. That's not a winning formula for the Golden State Warriors. It was way too much iso ball tonight for sure. All right, that's going to do it for the Warriors wrap-up portion of the evening. Uh, for Ryan Covey, I'm John Dickinson. Hey, we're not going anywhere, though. We're just uh, we're, we're going to trade chairs, uh, and uh, we're going to come back. We'll talk a little dubs. we got some Niners, uh, maybe even a little San Francisco Giants to get into between now and 10 o'clock. Pelicans beat the dubs tonight, 108-103. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game.